getting rid of things before they turn bad is important. The same goes for things in your digestive system. Irregular stuff your body does not need lingers in your system and may cause you discomfort. So do something about even occasional irregularity with activity. Halloween coming up next. Haven't seen it with Tim Sestito and Tommy Tevenet. Hello, everybody. Welcome on in. Thank you all so much for listening today. This is a podcast where one of us is watching a movie for the very first time, and today that person is myself. Tommy, I've never seen Halloween before. Can you really believe it after all these horror movies I just haven't watched? Uh, I mean, honestly, I thought that this one was going to be a given that I was like, oh, come on, Timmy has definitely seen this. We almost covered Child's Play. And then uh, we heard that you told me that you never saw Halloween. I was like, we can save Chucky for next year. We got to cover Halloween right now. So <laughs> well, you're bearing the lead right now. We have a special guest this week, Cody Tucker. Cody is a podcast host and stand up comedian. His podcast, The Toady- Cody Tucker Show, presents a no holds barred take on entertainment, history and life itself. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Cody, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. No, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Been looking forward to this. What was your initial reaction when you found out that somebody on this podcast list had just not seen Halloween? Uh, It's surprising. It's a little disheartening almost, I'll admit. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, it's a hell, it's a damn near, what, 50-year-old movie? I mean... It's, you know, um, there's people who haven't seen it. I'm one of them. It's just horror. It was just like my parents never into horror whatsoever. I never sought it out. I think I saw The Omen when I was six at like a family friend's house in the Catskills in New York and scared the shit out of me. And I just (laughs) really, really never dove deep into the genre ever since. (laughs) Got traumatized way too early. (laughs) Yeah, I can relate 100%. Uh, So what was your movie that traumatized uh, you? Because mine was Mars Attacks. (laughs) Oh, my God. Mars Attacks is right. Dude, I remember watching Mars Attacks as a little kid and being horrified. Like, just not having a grip on the reality that movies aren't reality. Exactly. So I was like, wait, wait, wait. Are we going to die? Because I just watched The President get shot who looks suspiciously like uh jack torrance uh just watched him get killed by an alien and nobody in my house is worried about this and why is people not freaking out about this uh yeah, it was like, like the first horror i saw i remember for years i was terrified the marshals were gonna come into my room with ray guns yeah and- <laughs> Dude, mars attacks uh the one as far as like a real horror movie uh the ring the ring oh yeah screw i mean i watched it when it came out so i was nine and it it really did a number on me <laughs> like it was yeah i remember just not sleeping well for a long time 
and that's the one you hear on the playground and people are talking on the playground like do you hear about yeah. the ring and this is the premise and you're and that alone scares you when you're a kid <laughs> yeah oh no uh, and the whole thing of like wait but aren't we watching the tape while we're watching the movie so aren't we gonna die in seven days <laughs> like it yeah it it oh my god that movie really messed me up yeah that one and uh pumpkin head I don't know oh, if yeah. you remember that, but uh, yeah, I remember watching Pumpkinhead with my dad a lot, and it <laughs> it fucked me up a lot. That's a good one too. Tim, have you ever seen Pumpkinhead or The Ring? No. Um, Jesus. <laughs> uh, so uh, when I was seven, I went with my dad to go see The Fellowship of the Ring, mm. and I got so scared <laughs> by when they stabbed Frodo with the. Uh, <laughs> you know the the ring rates or whatever they were called uh-huh. like, I'm, like yeah. my mom had to take me out of the theater and like that's a three-hour movie and it was like an hour in so we were at some like shopping center and my mom had to kill two hours with a seven-year-old because i was <laughs> terrified to watch it i i grew i grew up though i was able to get through two towers and return of the king though thankfully well, slowly <laughs> yeah there was none of that as a kid like being taken out like if if a movie got put on like you're watching it tough that's like 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 we did not pay for you to come see this movie for you to like act like that and now we're gonna watch this they took me to see saving private ryan whenever i was five years old so (laughs) that that'll tell you that (laughs) like great parenting (laughs) yeah right there i remember seeing troy uh like that movie uh when i was like eight years old or something like that and i hated it i remember like crying i was like dad please can we just go this movie is so boring my dad's like shut the fuck up we're watching this movie we're not leaving <laughs> that movie's terrifying too brad pitt's british accent is terrifying yeah. awful <laughs> yeah god so this is halloween halloween <laughs> I think he'll come back. Halloween, the night he came home. Rated R. As spooky season draws to a near close, we celebrate with a classic, Halloween. Watch a group of teenagers have the worst peripheral vision you've ever seen as Michael Myers comes home. I mean, it's true, that, guys. He that's your first takeaway. That car was stop. That car was just following Lori around the entire oh my day. God, and, yeah, and just like they had no idea, they were just like, oh, you know. What's so great is when you watch this over and over again, you notice more and more scenes of Michael just like lurking in the background. Like there's the one scene where Loomis gets introduced to Sheriff Brackett and he's looking around and he's just like very nervous. And you can see in the background as Michael just drives right past him and he's like, he's right there, Loomis. What the fuck? (laughs) Oh, I know. He's like R. Kelly at a damn junior high dance. Like he's like, I mean, he's just lurking in the shadows, but very clear to see. I mean, no, and like how they think that um, they're like, oh, that's a so and so's car. It's like so and so drives a car from a state mental hospital that has like the huge sticker on, it. and like that yeah. they never noticed that. Like this is, this is, oh man, there were some rough moments. Yeah. So I think I noticed a lot of Michael in the background. I feel like I probably missed a decent amount of it. 
But I think that's like the overwhelming strength of it is how Carpenter utilizes his time to build the suspense out because he's just lingering in the background pretty much no matter what. Like you don't go three or four minutes without a scent of him in the town. And that mm. is like, I think the biggest benefit, like I've heard people call this movie like boring in hindsight. And I was like, I didn't think this was boring at all. I saw a group of teenagers living out their normal life and happens to be a bad day to, to go babysit uh, at, at the houses uh, down the street. In some ways it's a slow burn, but it, it really just like kind of gets you like a little bit of a like jolt here and there. Apparently they wanted to play it like a radio play where every 10 minutes it was just like a new spook. And uh, that was pretty much just Michael showing up in the background, you know, typical slasher sequels. Now, like the new Halloween that came out uh, last year, Michael's killing someone every five minutes and that just gets boring and repetitive and like, eh. <laughs> but this Completely. one gets the dread going and just makes you just uncomfortable. <laughs> See, I don't think it's that okay. Like, if you put it in context of when the movie came out, which is like what seventy eight. Yeah. I mean, go go watch like almost any horror movies from that time, or you know, even a little earlier. They're way slower than this, and way more just like they're almost like made for TV movies. So, like, I can imagine watching this in the theaters, like in nineteen seventy eight, and just being petrified. I mean, it's hard to do that now because, like, we've seen you know like the conjuring and all these like crazy horror movies. But I mean, I bet this movie was so damn scary in 1978. Well, I remember seeing like a Reddit thing of like uh audience reaction. Someone built uh brought in like a camcorder or something. Uh, when Michael stands back up in the final scene of the movie, pretty yeah. much. And like the crowd was just going, wow. They're like, Oh my God, what? Yeah. I mean, it's, it holds up as well as a movie that old could hold up. Like well, I mean, you can't expect a whole lot more than you know than this. No, I, I I think it works in its benefit. Like I personally don't always love the modern horror movies. I think they're always a little too jump scary, and a little not well defined in terms of like the characters. I feel like that's I think the biggest strength of this is that you really get to know Laurie and her friends, um, who Linda and Annie. Well, Linda more than Annie. But you get to like mm -hmm. know them, spend time with them on their mm -hmm. own and with Lori. And I think like that really works in the behavior because then when Michael does come, it makes the deaths way more impactful. Where I feel like a lot of modern horror, I'm watching nameless background character get stabbed by masked villain or whatever kind of thing. Yeah. Where this is using, it's just building the suspense through that score, that iconic score. Hmm. Yeah, I think this has to be like the best horror score of all time. I mean, I don't know what else would be up on, up there. <laughs> oh, it's a hundred percent. There's, I mean, the Friday the Thirteenth, you know, like kind of sound effect. Not even really a score. I mean, that's yeah. probably close, but no. Nah, I mean, the Omen maybe because of that like weird mm -hmm. church gospel, you know, choir. Yeah, uh, but I yeah, mean, would I mean, we count Jaws as a horror movie? Because I mean, that'd be up there. <laughs> Jaws is a horror movie for sure. Jaws is a horror yeah. movie. Yeah, so, just I mean, like, John, yeah, like Silence of the Lambs. It's you know kind of blends genres, but it's a horror movie. Yeah. So there's one thing about the score about how powerful this was was that Carpenter showed Halloween to an executive before it was finished about the music, and the exec was like, "This movie's not scary. Like, what would you get here, Carpenter? Come on!" And then uh, they saw the movie uh, again after it's released with the score, 
and you're like, oh my god, I know exactly what you're doing. This movie's fucking terrifying. <laughs> yeah, so it's just how much it works and just feels the dread because like that piano just over and over again, just especially in the end, just like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, no, a high pitched piano is terrifying in any form. Yeah, uh, and then having those like weird like synth sound effects under it every time someone's killed with like the violin like screech. It's like, oh my god, like it's it's perfect. Like, I mean, John Carpenter. I mean, he should have won an Oscar for that just for writing the damn score. Easily, I mean, I don't, I don't even know what been up uh, against that that year, but like still, I mean, this is one that like they just reuse that in the Halloween sequels, and it still works even if it's just a sheer movie. It's just like a sheer Michael. <laughs> yeah just hearing that <laughs> well now it's like the mic drop moment whenever you see a halloween movie like as soon as that score hits you're like oh here we go like this is not a normal slasher this is even though all the rest of them you know kind of suck but still yeah. like you look forward to hearing this the soundtrack uh, the score you know mm-hmm. uh so this is one of the most ripped off movies of all time i mean there's countless imitators um so for both of you guys do you think this still is you know, holds weight above all those other slashers. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I am not a huge fan in general of slasher films. So like, I don't like Friday the 13th, any of them. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't really like number on Elm street, like, you know, and then like child's play leprechaun. I don't really like any of those movies, um, but I love Halloween and I love scream. If you count yeah. scream as a slasher movie, like yeah. those are, I mean, there's, there are none that are better than those. And I still put Halloween, I think, is, is for sure more iconic um, and probably a better movie in general. Well, it's the granddaddy yeah. of them all, right? And I look at this, I don't even really see this as a slasher because it's like 15 minutes of slashing and an hour and 15 of suspense. Well, do you consider Texas Chainsaw Massacre a slasher? I haven't seen the original. I've only seen the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is one of the oh, worst okay. movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's bad. Yeah, it's not that good. Um, well, I, I consider Texas Chainsaw probably, but even still, I'd say Halloween just a step above it. I mean, yeah. Friday the 13th, I like those movies. I'm wearing a Camp Crystal Lake shirt right now, but those are movies that you watch when you get drunk with your friends. They're not good movies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but you know, Friday third. I mean, this movie Halloween, like you said, there's like 15 minutes of slashing at the end, and it got to the point where the sequels. By the time the second one came out, Friday Thirteenth already came out, and they felt we got to imitate Friday Thirteenth, and it just became like Michael was just a Jason clone, which was weird because <laughs> Jason yeah. was a Michael clone. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, completely. I mean, it is a giant step from the first Halloween to any of the other ones. Like they turn him into like the Incredible Hulk, which yeah. I really don't like. And this in the first one, this one, he's just like strong enough. Like he's not too strong to where it's like su- like super unbelievable. But you know, like he, it's a very good balance of like, oh, this guy's terrifying. Yeah, they make it more realistic. I mean, I like Halloween Kills in in terms of like a fun drunk movie to watch. But that movie has Michael taking on like. 10 firefighters at once and just like ripping them out and like fucking just like punching them and shit like that. He's like fucking like a superhero going after them and shit. Or it's just like, this is just cheesy schlock right here. <laughs> yeah, completely agree. So for, for you guys that are definitely more on the know in horror, is Michael Myers like the first example of a true like motivationless serial killer 
in film? Ooh, that's a good uh, question. Norman Bates, maybe. Norman Bates. Yeah. I mean, Norman that's why that influences in here. Well, I mean, yeah, Psycho think... is the grand is really the granddaddy of like slashers, and that's why like Halloween pays a lot of tribute to Psycho, like with Donald Pleasance being named like Sam Lo- Loomis, which is mm. you know the carry the guy's name in Psycho, and hiring the daughter of the woman from Psycho as the as Laurie Strode. I mean, but yeah, Norman Bates is the only one I can think of that's like maybe before Michael Myers. I mean, I guess maybe Leatherface, uh, but even Leatherface is he's just like has a you know, as for someone from Texas, Cody, he's yes, the guy yes. that's just like get the fuck off my property. That's that's his motivation. <laughs> that is all of our motivations in Texas. Yeah. Is basically we'll do whatever the fuck we want on our property. Get the hell out. <laughs> property is very big in Texas, if you don't know. <laughs> no, I've never heard that before for sure. We definitely. are property people. Do not mess with Texas. Don't mess with my property. Definitely never heard of like the Alamo before. That that definitely wasn't definitely wasn't yeah, well, regarding Well, down here we also have a tendency to celebrate losses. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> Confederate flags, the Alamo, um, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a lot. Deshaun Watson. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, we're big Deshaun Watson fans down here. <laughs> but uh, so before we move on from the score, I want to emphasize one of the scenes in the movie where he kills uh, Annie, and just like how impactful that score is during the kill, and just like the sound effects, like the breathing through the mask. It's just, I think it's really well done and really well played as a as a payoff for the third death in the movie. Hello? Uh, 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 Hello? All right, Annie. First I get your famous chewing, now I get your famous squealing. Annie, are you all right? Are you fooling around again? I'll kill you if this is a joke. Like I love how in this clip the sound drops and then you just hear the violence. Like you can just hear how brutal that death is. Yeah. So this was the death of uh, Linda, not Annie. But, oh, is this um, Linda? Oh. Wait, yeah, no. Yeah. No, she was Annie. saying Annie. She was saying Annie, wasn't it? Well, no, no, she, she was saying Annie because she thought that it was Annie. Annie That's was right. the one that died. Annie was the one that died in the car. Oh, uh, yes. I'm, I'm getting them confused. I That's on Yeah. Well, because she said the wrong name, like, yeah, on the phone. Over and over. Yeah, that's yeah. what kind of confused me, because I was like, wait, isn't Annie the one who was a complete asshole? But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. Uh, but no, ex- uh, the, the sound design in this movie, just not even kind of the score, just like hearing Michael breathe over the phone is just so creepy and unsettling right there. Yeah, it's eerily similar to what I sound like eating Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> that's me with Chipotle, though, just so... 
Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're a little there, there classier. Was, so, yeah. There was a point where I wasn't sure if, like, the breathing that was coming from the clip was from one of us just breathing into our mics. <laughs> well, there's there's a good chance of uh, of that on my end, so. <laughs> I'll find out in the editing room, all right? I'll, fi- I'll find out. <laughs> but I just, you know, we hear a little bit of the score, and then just that hard cut, like, you're still expecting it to go. Like, it's just, it's so well edited in terms of, like, the sound design. Because I think a lot of lesser movies would keep that score going through it, through the kill, and almost disguise how violent Michael is. Which brings me to my next point. Michael Myers himself. Mm -hmm. The man with no motivation. The man that really did not like the fact that his sister had sex. I really was not happy with that fact. Yeah, just like uh, pay attention to me. Come on, come on, sis. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm the same way. Like, hey, get off of her. You know that she's mine. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I love about Carpenter and his direction of uh, Nick Castle, who's the main guy who played uh, Michael Myers, was Carpenter just gave no shits. So like Nick Castle would come up to him and be like, "Okay, so like John, what's uh, my motivation for this scene right here?" And he said, Carpenter said to him like. Okay, your motivation is to walk from one set marker to another and not act. Like, fuck off, <laughs> It's a great... I mean, I love that because I hate pretentious acting stories, yeah. you know? It's like, yeah, dude, you're... I mean, nobody's going to know you're in this movie. Just walk from A to B and shut up. Like, yeah. <laughs> Just know your place in the castle. Come on, fuck off. Yeah. No, that's like, I can't remember what movie it was from, but it was Dustin Hoffman and some like very classically 40s train, like 1940s. Lawrence Olivier. Lawrence Olivier, yeah, that's it. It's Marathon Man. Marathon Man, and and Hoffman's running those laps beforehand to get out of breath. And Olivier just looks at him and goes, you know, have you tried acting before? (laughs) Like, instead of tiring yourself before you you shoot, like, have you tried acting before? have Have you ever heard the Shia LaBeouf, Oliver Stone story? About, oh, no, no. <laughs> so they were filming Wall Street 2. Um, and there's apparently Shia LaBeouf went to Oliver Stone and had a problem with the script, like the wording of the dialogue, and was like, hey, shouldn't it be blah, 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 like that? And all he said, Oliver Stone just looked up at him, took a sip of coffee, and said, um, I wrote Scarface. I think it's a pretty good script. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's good. I, lo- I love that so much. That's just oh, like. Yeah that's just the ultimate fuck you and yeah like what are you gonna yeah, what like, are you gonna say to the guy who wrote scarface yeah. it's like dude yeah, I wrote exactly scarface and men on express like while blasting through a pound of coke a day <laughs> and yeah like go to hell dude like you were in transformers for god's sakes yeah like know your place shia labeouf <laughs> even steven calm down over there all right yeah. <laughs> but uh the thing about Michael that's so good in this movie is it's just like how shapeless he is. I mean, like, um, there's so many like uh, the cinematography in this movie when like um, Laurie sees him at the top of the stairs just coming after him, and like the way it's just so dark and shadowed. That's really something out of nightmares that you see over and over again. Like you think of the killer at the end of the hallway or something like that, just dimly lit. <laughs> yeah, it's very similar to like what Jaws did for like swimming pools. You know, like if you get in a swimming pool and look at the deep end, you immediately imagine a shark coming at you. Yeah. And like, there's something about that with Michael Myers where you like, anytime you, it's a very much like afraid of the dark movie. 
like a movie that is going to make you like, oh shit, I can't like I can't take a shower tonight because <laughs> some bitch is gonna kill me. Like it's mm. it's very effective in like keeping you scared afterwards, you know. Yeah, and I think the lack of motivation, um, what's his name? It's Dr. Sam Loomis, played by Carpenter regular Donald Pleasance, gives a little explanation as his doctor for what 15 16 years before he escapes from the mental hospital i met him 15 years ago i, I was told there was nothing left no reason no uh, conscience no understanding and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death of, of good or evil right or wrong i met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. What do we do? He's been here once tonight. I think he'll come back. I'm going to wait for him. I still think I should notify the radio and television. No. If you do that, they'll see him on every street corner. They'll look for him in every house. Just tell your men to keep their mouths shut and their eyes open. I'll check back in an hour. Just a, a lifeless creature that doesn't talk like he's he's not a man and even when they're he's driving with that nurse or she was in a nurse costume i don't know if she's actually yeah up to yeah. the hospital up to the hospital and she's like shouldn't we call him shouldn't we not call him it we should call him like him and he's like if you say so he's like you don't know him like i do he's not a he's not a person um yeah but I I was a little confused by like the superhero strength. It's not I. It sounds like it gets much worse in this. But he gets stabbed like multiple times and falls from the second story and is still good to go. It, is that also just part of the mystery? It's just like somebody that's not a human and it's just supposed to reinforce that point. Yeah, I mean, like Carper really wants to make a supernatural kind of character where it's just like okay, like you know, the end of the scene. I mean, Carper didn't really want a sequel. He wanted the movie just to end, with, uh, the series to end practically just with, like, he's gone. But um, they kind of demystified him. The sequel to this, the direct sequel, Halloween 2, made it so Michael was Laurie's sister. Like, they made that a twist. And just that makes it a lot less scary. Just makes it like, all right, well, I'm not related to Laurie Strode, so I think I'm fine. Michael's not going to kill me. But in this movie, he's just some random killer with a knife that's coming after you. And there's nothing you can do. <laughs> Yeah, it's it definitely I think gets ruined after this because of it because you know leaving the Michael Myers character is just like well basically ha so that people have this conversation that we're having after they watch the movie like well wait is he supernatural is he just strong is he like just so crazy that he doesn't feel pain like the whole point is that there's no answer there's not supposed to be that's what makes it way more terrifying but yeah and then as the movies go on it's really ruins it. and then you get to like i think it's the third one or, or whichever one it is i think it's curse of michael myers where they're like oh he was actually born into this like satanic cult who were wanting to like create yeah. a evil child that was immortal yeah. like it, i mean it gets 
it gets bad. Yeah, so, Timmy, coming as someone that's a slasher fan and loves horror movies, I tried watching Halloween Five and I couldn't finish it. I was just like, "This is just awful." It's not even fun schlock. <laughs> no, it's bad. Like really, really bad. I was no. If I would have been better off watching this and never seeing another one. I think yeah. that is really what should have happened. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I do John like Carpenter's the, the same, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, John Carpenter's probably happy now that he's getting money from the David Gordon Green movies. Um, I do like the new David Gordon Green movies. I think they're fun, but they're not nearly the same tier as these new ones, uh, as the original, I mean. Is there any Halloween movie on the tier, like, or even close to this tier in terms of like a horror movie? I um, think the 2018 one was a good follow-up. Um, it's it kinda, it's good. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, so th- that one is really good. Ki- like I said, Halloween Kills that came out last year. I would love to watch it with friends uh, when you were drinking and make a drinking game out of it because it's just, you know, you just get trashed to it. And the one that just came out, it was weird. It it's was int- horrible. It's yeah. It could be the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Besides, and that are like Malignant. I mean, there's a couple of bad ones, but like... Oh, Malignant is a fun fucking like bonkers crazy stupid movie <laughs> it's the worst thing i've ever seen i would i would no <laughs> yeah so it, well, exactly that's the divisive movie we showed it to a I friend know. group and like one of our friends just freaked out he's like what the fuck is this bullshit what are you making me watch right now <laughs> yeah oh it is a movie that i've told multiple people that they need to watch because it's an amazing movie just yeah. for them to question our friendship <laughs> I, but, that's yeah. based. I like that yeah like dude this is gonna. This movie will change your life. Like it's like hereditary, but even better. Like yeah, it's great. <laughs> Just totally amp it up for him. <laughs> yeah, but no, I I actually like H two O, the one with uh, Josh Hartnett and LL Cool J. That one's good. It's a kind of like Scream. Uh, the guy who wrote Scream wrote that one too. So yes. is nineties period. Uh, I'm sure, horror movie is gonna be Scream. <laughs> it's it's good. Like it's. It's a fun movie that isn't so dumb that it like takes you out. Because Halloween Resurrection, the one with Buster Rhymes, is awful. Ooh, like it's not like because a movie still has to be sort of believable, even if it is dumb, for it to be like worth watching to me. Yeah, um, and that's how I am with like H two O. I think it's like it's dumb and it's like fun, but it isn't. It isn't like it, you don't feel like you're wasting your time watching it. You know. Yeah, it, it doesn't have Busta Rhymes uh, they were doing karate over Michael Myers. <laughs> oh, God, it's bad. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, none of them compared to the original, just like almost any movie. But there's a few. Like, I think the first, the 2018 one is, as a movie, the best one other than the original. I mean, it is a really good movie. Mm. You guys are hard selling me on all these other Halloween movies. I'm definitely going to deep dive into that catalog. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's the third one that doesn't even have Michael Myers at all. Season of the Witch. Yeah, completely different plot. Um, You know, no slash. It's not a slasher movie. It's like a supernatural witch. Like the fourth isn't bad. The fourth one is that the one that has the little girl, and I think Donald Pleasance. The fourth one's not that bad. As Um, it progresses, Donald Pleasance is in like the majority of the sequels until he died, and he just becomes madder. And like in this movie, you kind of see a little bit of like a crazy drunk psychiatrist. And they just amped it up to 11 in the sequels. <laughs> Wait, what about the Z- Rob Zombie ones? Do you like those? I haven't seen them. They're, they're the only ones I haven't seen. <laughs> I, I have a thing about like what we were talking about earlier. I don't like really gory movies. And mm. they're just so 
damn gory that like yeah. I can't do it. I don't like Rob Zombie's movies in general. I think they're terrible. But yeah, his track record's bad. But those well, Halloween movies are bad. the only good thing is uh, Samuel Loomis is played by Malcolm McDowell from A Clockwork Orange, which is one of my favorite movies. Oh, That's the yeah. only thing that like is it's the most perfect casting. Like if you're recasting Samuel Loomis to have Malcolm McDowell is that's, that's the saving factor, I guess. Yeah. One one of the things that's interesting to bring it back to the original movie is that like, there's no blood practically. The only time you see blood is when he kills his sister in the beginning of the movie. And they really just keep it bloodless. I mean, he gets stabbed in the neck. That's the only other part. Yeah. And even little, I mean, a tiny Exactly. Like you really need to pay attention to see the blood in that scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I like. I I, I prefer that, honestly. Mm. I definitely didn't notice the blood in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of it. I mean, it is it's like a paper cut, basically. <laughs> I am a star. I'm a star, I'm a star, I'm a star. I am a big, bright, shining star. So who is the star of this movie? <laughs> Does it have to be an actor? We've we've done like a directors I and mean, okay. we've done directors or writers sometimes. Because I think to me it's John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be able to come off of this and then do wait, he did Escape from New York after this, right? That came yeah. out the next year, I think. Or mm. a year at le- yeah. Escape so, from New York and then the thing. And then the thing. So to be able to come out and do those two, he, so those don't happen without Halloween, a hundred for sure. Like no. Halloween is <laughs> the only reason that those movies come out, and I love those movies. Mm. And John Carpenter becomes like the legend of horror because mm. of this. So to me, he will. It's his calling card. Yeah, uh, I'd say John Carpenter too. Um, the only other candidate I think would be. Jamie Lee Curtis because she also elevated to a screen queen where like for a couple of years the first like stretch of her career was just she ended up being in a bunch of Halloween knockoffs after this yeah. and most of those movies are kind of eh but I mean like she gives a great performance and she's just like a really relatable character and that's why she's the ultimate final girl very true yeah I well you know on your point of like why did Carpenter be able to get Escape from New York and the thing made, it's because he took a $300,000 to $325,000 budget and turned it into $70 million at the box office. Uh, that'll get you a little yeah. leeway to make what you want in Hollywood if you haven't heard that before. God. And then the thing ruined that because the thing bombed at the box office unfortunately. And that movie's great. We covered that uh, back in June. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I forgot the thing was a complete bomb, but did he do... I mean, he did other stuff. What did he do... Uh, other than this, I well, know there's after, something that like there's a few others that were like really big. I just can't remember. Um, they live is a great one. Uh, oh, big trouble is awesome. Big trouble, yeah, big, big trouble. Those are the two I was thinking of. Yeah, they live is also like one of my top like favorite movies. I yeah. I love that movie. Uh, big trouble in Little China is you know it's all right, but yeah, I mean John Carpenter has, has had a pretty damn good career because of this movie. Also, I want to shout out the pumpkin that's in the the Wallace family's bedroom. Um, that is the iconic pumpkin at the start of the movie. Why somebody would have a pumpkin on their nightstand is besides me. I don't think I've ever seen that before or since. But there's just a, a carved pumpkin sitting on that nightstand. And I like couldn't take my eyes off of it the first time I saw it. And it, it, it was like, it captivated me, to be completely honest. Because I was like, why? 
on earth is there a pumpkin on that nightstand see some people i think celebrate halloween a little more than others yeah because like we didn't do this i mean i you know in texas it's like 90 degrees on halloween like we don't do any of that damn like we don't carve (laughs) pumpkins like those pumpkins are going to be smelling like like a dead animal after about three hours so yeah that and no heavy costumes (laughs) hell no like you're dressing up as fred flintstone every year if you're a fat kid like myself (laughs) like you gotta wear something (laughs) that catches a breeze underneath like you can't be doing no like so i just assume that people in illinois just do this like they just <laughs> have pumpkins <laughs> everywhere because it's cold and they can handle it. I mean, y'all would probably know better than me. I mean, there's pumpkins everywhere. I've just never seen one on a nightstand in someone's bedroom. Like, I don't know if you'd really want that smell next to you when you're sleeping. Yeah, it's a yeah. weird smell. Pumpkins don't smell good. It doesn't smell like the like the flavor, you know, like pumpkin yeah. spice and an actual pumpkin <laughs> are two completely different things. So. <laughs> It's not even like a Yankee Candle pumpkin scent, you know. It's it's a it's a literal pumpkin, and it's just rot. It's just rotting next to your bed, like contaminating your sheets. Like, why would you do that? So that's also a star for me. That's why that's why Michael killed her, not because of the uh, her having sex, just because like why the fuck do you have this pumpkin on the nightstand? (laughs) (laughs) This goddamn my. Michael's secretly a interior design specialist, and is like this does not complement the room. My fucking sister, she's riding up the goddamn house. She's sinking up the place with this fucking pumpkin. Fuck her. That's what he's staring at the wall, visualizing. It's just different floor plans. Like he was really a precursor to HGTV than we all realize. <laughs> oh my! God. If you want to know why all houses look pretty much the same on the inside, you can think michael myers it is the most like stereotypical suburban street ever which i don't think it's real i don't i don't i think it's a studio lot from what i remember hearing about it i think it's a studio lot but god damn i mean it looks like hgtv's like wet dream you know (laughs) well i kind of like it because it's just it just it paints that picture so much better like just cute you see like two shots of like a cute little downtown and then the rest are just rows and rows of houses yeah that's it well, it makes you think like this could be my suburban neighborhood <laughs> well that's the fear the you know scare the scariness of halloween is that like this shouldn't have happened mm-hmm. which you know i mean not to like just go back to rob zombies but that's why they suck is because michael myers is, in those movies is growing up in like an abusive house like a trailer park very similar to my childhood actually <laughs> uh, but like you kind of see how he would turn into a serial killer in this there is nothing that should have led him to becoming a killer nothing he grew up in the most perfect environment mm-hmm. and yet there he is so it has to be evil because otherwise what else is it i mean he didn't have a, a parent beating him or you know something like that it's just a kid yeah. that is evil innocent kid the more you explain it the less it's effective yeah so uh looking at it they filmed in south pasadena california an elementary school and different other parts i don't think it was on a set i think it was just they found rows okay. of streets and connected yeah. them together so this this was supposed to be illinois and apparently they uh would like they hi- uh, bought a bunch of uh paper leaves from some decorator and then painted them all autumn colors and scatter them around or across the place to give like like a kind of a fall feel, even though like the trees are still green. <laughs> well, there's the budget. Jesus. Yeah. 
paint somebody <laughs> yeah, to paint a million leaves brown. Oh, they were reusing those. They were taking giant bags oh, yeah. after they were done and just going like well, that's the true. leaf blower, just putting them straight into a bag and spreading them around. Where so according to next. According to IMDb, so this could be bullshit, but apparently Robert England, Freddy Krueger himself, was one of the guys I was helping out with the leaves. <laughs> really? Yeah, so that's, that could be IMDb bullshit, but ah, I don't know. I, I like to think that's true. <laughs> I like believing things that are that sound good. I don't care if yeah. they're real. I mean, yeah. <laughs> also, I like that the mask was a Captain Kirk mask that they bought yeah. for $1.98. Like, it looks yeah. absolutely nothing like Captain Kirk. Like, n- not even slightly. No, Well, it looks like him now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well. <laughs> Apparently Shatner sued when he found out and, like... <laughs> Because, <laughs> of course, he did. What a um, shock. The, yeah. The other uh, options for the mask, apparently, was a Richard Nixon mask and a Spock mask. <laughs> Nixon would have been too, too point breakish. <laughs> yeah, like it's yeah, just exactly. too. Uh, yeah, you can't do Nixon. It's Michael just, saying he's not a crook or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just, he just puts the peace signs up, like, before he makes his kill. Like, him in the ghost costume, just, like, like walking up like this, like, with yeah. both his fingers. Like, the peace signs. Oh, my God. I mean, he was kind of dressed like Henry Kissinger when he had the damn white sheet over him with the glasses. So, I guess it was pretty close. But, yeah, the... Uh, you know that they lost the mask after this because you will not lost. I mean, they just chunked it because they weren't going to make another one. And so there has never been another Halloween with that exact mask. And when you watch them, they're using a different mask in almost every movie and they're just trying to replicate the mask. But whenever they came to do the second, third, fourth, you know, they could never find the company that actually made that Captain Kirk mask. So they yeah. couldn't get another one. So they were just having to like, sort of like basically use the costume department to try to recreate the mask and it never is the exact same as it, it is in the first movie you can't yeah it always looks bad like... china bad china products from the 1970s that's a whole different element <laughs> of bad craftsmanship and it never looks bad and like in h2o they use a cgi mask for one shot <laughs> oh Ew. they do that's right yeah yeah, yeah. just like oh yeah. god like Ugh. come on why why do you need to use cgi for that <laughs> Oh God! Well, because some intern was wanting to find out how to use CGI. Now, here, yeah. try it on. It was this. the '90s. Like we got to figure out how to figure out CGI in this somehow. We have to yeah. put computer graphics somewhere in the title after Jurassic Park, just to make sure people get in the theaters. True. <laughs> ah, are you ready, comedy partner? Waka waka. All right, Tommy, Cody, would Halloween work as a Muppet adaptation? All right, Cody, you go first. <laughs> oh, God. Um, hell yeah. Look, I am not a Muppets fan by any stretch of the oh, imagination. Oh. I know, oh. I know. I'm sorry. But <laughs> like, I would I would watch it on repeat, just seeing like Miss Piggy getting just demolished. <laughs> I mean, and like, oh, yeah, I would. I, would, I mean, they, Miss Pig- they've, you know, tip, you know, uh, stuck a toe in the water on horror. They had Alice Cooper on a special, I think. Um, I think that, like, yeah, you have uh, Miss Piggy be Linda, probably. Uh, Michael Myers would be the only human. No, uh, no, so you keep Donald Pleasance as the human, and you have okay. Fozzie Bear be Michael Myers, and just have like the brown <laughs> suit with the tie and like a Kermit the Frog mask just covering his face would be. <laughs> No, 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 no. See, I think you have Kermit be Donald Pleasance so that he could do the monologue in Kermit's voice. Like, he was just 
pure evil. <laughs> For a not Muppets fan, that's a much better Kermit impersonation than Tommy and I can do. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, he's just probably like flying around. Yeah, he's pure evil. Get the out there. Oh. <laughs> For 15 years, I watched him. <laughs> That's a really impression. It's actually my Ray Romano impression, but I figured it'd work for this. It transfers over. Take it up a couple octaves. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think you got to do Kermit as Samuel Loomis. Maybe we just don't have a human in this one, and it's just just Kermit as as Loomis. Maybe the only human we just keep is the sheriff. Like, he's just the only one randomly there. It's kind of like in Legally Blonde when we said... The only one we're keeping is the dad that drinks the martini that shows up in two scenes. Like, that's all you need. I don't know. I think you have Michael be human. And you just have him killing Muppets. <laughs> and yeah, felt coming out everywhere. And just it's that <laughs> red felt. Just <laughs> Well, I just think in this one, because it's so suspenseful and it takes so long to get to the killings, just like the shadow of Fozzie Bear, like standing there would just like make me laugh the entire time. <laughs> You, you see, you see the car, and just Fozzie, they're just driving the car, just kind of looking at them, just like the brown fur, like like on the steering wheel, <laughs> yeah. and like the top hat over the mask too, like that'd be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and the over the bed sheet, like the glasses and the top hat, and just walka walka. Yeah. the yeah. red nose popping yeah. through the sheet. <laughs> instead, instead of breathing into the phone, he just said walka walka, <laughs> walka walka, yeah. Cody, if you don't know, we're campaigning really hard for Disney to start bringing the Muppets back, and like you know, you'll be a part of the show running when we when that inevitably happens when Disney yeah. reaches out to us. We're we're gonna be in the pitch meeting. <laughs> we're just like, you know, you hear for any movie, just make it Muppets. That's all you need. Look, <laughs> I'm down for just having the Muppets. Yeah, just remaking like Chinatown with the Muppets, like any movie. (laughs) You know what happens to people when they get their nose in other people's business? (laughs) They get cut. (laughs) Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Waka waka. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds of the Lambs. That's the one that I'd be waiting for the most. (laughs) That would be be an interesting one. That's for sure. Just Piggy as, um, what's her name? Clarice. Uh, Clarice, yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kermit, like, say, are you about a size fourteen? Uh, <laughs> or you just have uh, you have Sam the Eagle just uh, as uh, Hannibal Lecter, <laughs> yeah. being like, I eat farva beans and Chianti. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely wouldn't take away from any of the nuance of that movie. That's for sure. No, no, no. no. But that. <laughs> So, oh my God. gentlemen, it is review time. Cody, do our scores out of five here. Mm-hmm. Give me, give me your final thoughts on Halloween. Uh, four, four out of five. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's obviously one of the most, probably in the top three most legendary horror movies of all time. Not necessarily in my top three favorite, but it's. I mean, you can't not like this movie. Because even if you don't like slasher movies, which I don't normally, mm-hmm. it's perfect because it's not a hundred percent a slasher movie. It has some of like the weird psychology, like psychological elements with Sam Loomis. The acting's great, scores great. John Carpenter's amazing. Like it's, yeah. I mean, there's just there's the only things wrong with it are nitpicks. That's it. Mm-hmm. Just like little tiny things that are like, yeah, this is stupid. 
But a lot of that's just because movies in the 70s were, you know, it costs a lot of money to make a movie. It was really hard to do sound like really well. So a lot of the scenes are being dubbed and it's very obvious. Like those, it's just those little things, you know, the movie itself is fucking incredible. Tommy. All right. So I love this movie. This is the second time I've actually watched this this year. Um, I've been watching a bunch of Halloween movies and sequels suck for the most part, but this one's great. It's just Carpenter has just like a great grip on tension and, you know, some people think this is like uh, boring, but like, honestly, more and more you watch this, the more and more tense it gets. Uh, I think the characters are all great here. I'm going to go five mm-hmm. out of five stars. Damn. So I'm going to echo Cody here. I'm going to give this a four out of five. I really enjoyed it. It's probably my favorite of the four that we've watched in spooky season. Um, it's just mm-hmm. it's just that pace. And it's like you really see what Carpenter like ends up developing into the thing, which is probably like his best technical film as a director. Mm. But like you, the camera almost feels like a character and he feels like a character with all those like sweeping shots of the neighborhood and just Michael sprinkled in there. It's just setting the atmosphere of this peaceful town that's about to get tormented. And just the way it builds up over that night, it's, it's truly perfect. Um, Four to five. Michael, great movie. Jamie Lee Curtis, also fantastic. Highly recommended if you haven't seen it, like me. So, Cody, where can the people find you? Where can we send people to get some of your comedy, your podcast? Uh, so, the podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, pretty much anywhere you can get podcasts. I recommend the YouTube version because, uh, I don't know, seems to be better to watch on YouTube anyways. And a lot of the interviews are better on youtube i can do a lot of interviews with like adult film actresses and people like that um and you can just follow me on instagram at the cody tucker for any kind of upcoming upcoming stuff i got so that's really about it all right awesome awesome look please go give cody a follow um we thank you so much for coming on it was a lot of fun well, we had a yeah. blast uh no guys thank y'all so much this has been this has been awesome for sure Tommy, any final thoughts? All right, so I wanted to share the story, but didn't know where to put it in. The first time I ever watched this movie was in middle school with my mom, and we we're about to start watching it. And my mom said, "Oh, I'm gonna go away. I'm so fucking scared." And I said, "What are you a fucking? What are you a pussy, mom?" <laughs> and she, I thought that meant pussy cat, and she <laughs> was really mad at me for that one. <laughs> so I think I got ground enough for that one. But anyways, uh, you can follow us on social media. <laughs> uh, at Seen It Pod, that's on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and TikTok. And uh, you can, you know, leave us five star reviews on uh, Spotify or Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Really helps us out. And you know, we're exiting spooky season, and we're gonna have a good season coming up. Uh, it's not the next episode, but we're gonna cover plane trains and automobiles because Timmy also has never seen that somehow. Yeah, so well, get ready for still, that in November. We still have to cover Casablanca with you, which you've never seen before, Tommy. <laughs> so I don't, I don't really want to hear it too, too, too much from, uh, yeah. from, from the chirping chamber over there. Um, <laughs> also, that that tidbit you shared, just like vintage, Tommy. Oh, <laughs> I remember I was like, what, what, "Why are you, why are you, why are you mad about?" I thought, I thought uh, "Pussy cat is a scaredy cat." Is it the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy grew up that day. That's all I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, please give the Cody Tucker show five stars as well. When you listen to it, I guarantee you'll have a good time with it. 
Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you again next week.